Welcome to the Lakeland Sports Guys. We moved it up a day. It's on Wednesday this week. Yeah, so we've got some folks that are uh, going out of town. They're going to be out and about. So uh, Chris being one of those, Chris Cox joining you. I'm Tom Carroll. Stan, uh, the coach, he is uh, on the road. He went. Uh, he may be watching the the uh, Coastal game this coming weekend. We'll have to see what happens if he comes back for the beach or not. He may so. be. Like I said, I'm envious that he's gone to the – well, I'm going to coach myself. But, uh, like I said, I've got other reasons to go. But anyway, yes, Stan's going. I'm going. He should be out of town, man. Uh, I know. I'm going to be in town. i got Holding stuff to do. Down. Yeah. Got, a, got things to fix around you the house. you got some I building think. to do, don't you? i got some of that going on. <laughs> so. But glad to have you with us. We're in Howard's on Main and Uptown Greenwood here on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, make sure to tune in uh, a little later on. Uh, on Monday, we'll have, uh, what, round four of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you who won, who did not win. But today, we're going to talk uh, about Abbeville, the Panthers, uh, as they're going to be hosting uh, Silver Bluff. This should be a fun matchup. We'll get into that. We'll dive into uh, – the Gamecocks, as they get Kentucky at home, and this is for you. I know, uh, kind of a one, you know, pivotal game for them. Yeah, this is a huge. Like, every year you mark that game because it's toward the end. It's, it's usually always right before Clemson. That's just it crazy. It seems to be that way. So <laughs> this is a, really a must-win for the Gamecocks. I, I think if we if we're going to do anything, we got to win the game. That'll put us five and six. But we're going against a six and four team as it is. It's a pretty good run to football. Yeah. So. And then we'll talk about Clemson as well. Uh, that should be a fun game with North Carolina. We'll we'll dive into it because uh, North Carolina's got some injury bugs yes. and, and some things going on. So. Clemson's got, got a shot. They got a shot, so we'll look at it that way. First and foremost, let's start with the high school league, the South Carolina High School League Executive Committee. Uh, boy, that meeting lasted forever today. <laughs> As a matter of fact, um, uh, everything that went down, Spartanburg got uh, rejected with the uh, what they came back, and they were appealing an ejection. Um, so that ended up uh, staying, you know, kind of the way we thought it was going to go. But the thing we were paying most attention to was what was the high school league going to do with the competitive balance issues that is going on in and around South Carolina as of right now? I'll tell you what they did. They had a lot to choose from. I mean, we've we brought it up uh, several different ways, several different uh, things that they've discussed over the last month and a half, two months. But the committee voted 12 to 4. They went ahead and approved the out-of-zone multiplier, which is uh, an interesting multiplier. It's basically a formula that they put together where they take uh, a student who lives outside of the school's um, assigned attendance zone, I guess you could say, and uh, they count them as not one person, but they multiply them and count them as three people for total enrollment purposes that are going on. So uh, with that move, uh, you know, it kind of inflates the school's enrollment figures, which means they could possibly move up to 3A, and if they've got enough that are outside their district, that would move them up to 4A as a possibility. And that's a huge jump. I mean, you got to have more than, what, 75% maybe to go from a 2A to a 4A bump in that regard but still that's a possibility that could raise but either way the schools are basically going to go up a level of classification for athletics and i'm good with that like i said i think that's what needs to take place i mean and, and tom i don't have a problem with them jumping to, to the poor a rank if they want if, because all along after the stuff was going on with it, when the poor pit didn't started and we'll play anybody anywhere and they did mm-hmm. they went down to florida and they played the imgs and they went down and played the other team on a clear order and they, they didn't play well, but they played them. So what's, what's the big difference in playing a Gaffney or a, a Northwestern, mm-hmm. an Irmo, a Greenwood, whatnot? Let's hope not. But, um, yeah, I think it's time that this took place. And the one good thing about this is, Tom, that there was it two years before we could even appeal anything. So this is this is done deal, right? Yeah, it's a done deal. So it, it goes into effect next year. 
for the 24-25 season for all the sports that are there. Um, it will not affect class of, uh, right. the 5A classification because where are they going to go? Yeah. <laughs> where else to go? So there is a couple of um, schools that are private and charter that are in 4A that could get bumped up to 5A in that regard, but there aren't that many. But uh, just kind of a landmark decision. There are a couple of um, amendments that people trying to throw in there, and I'm going to tell you about these. Um, both of them failed, by the way, so... <laughs> <laughs> Neither of these uh, ended up being a, a possibility. But they suggested that the multiplier would apply to any student um, that started in the in the feeder system. So if they were in seventh grade, it shouldn't apply to them okay. is what they were saying. Uh, that got shot down. I mean, you're out of district, you're out of district. Plain and simple, the high school league can't it that way. Um, and another amendment was to sought to uh, – uh, seek a lower multiplier from three to two. Right. And that, of course, got shot down as well. But I thought that was interesting, the amendments that they tried to add to, to all of that in the process um, to go along with it. But the committee did approve um, nine to seven Mountain View. Also, prep is going to be uh, allowed into the league. So um, they've got about 300 students total. Okay. And, that, and that's from grade school up through high school. So definitely a 1A school that's going to be involved in that. Uh, to go along with it. And, of course, they'll be involved with the multiplier as well. And the, the committee grilled them. I mean, grilled them over the multiplier issue as to the competitive fairness aspect. And I think they did a good job of presenting it, presenting themselves. Yeah, like it. I said, this has been several years coming now, Tom, about especially. And, you know, you don't ever want to say it pertains to one school, but it has from, I won't say day one that we started this competitive thing, but that there's been one school at the forefront of everything that's been done. And every time Jerome and the, the committee would come together and make a ruling, they would appeal it or they would get their lawyers involved and they just continue to let it go like that. And I, I'm glad this is done because, like I said, now wait till next year and you can appeal whatever you want to. But yeah. You got to deal with it for right now. Well, I like the way Carolina put it. It's uh, the schools in two A have been bullying all the private public schools in two A, and now all of a sudden uh, <laughs> they're upset because everybody's bullying them. Uh, so it's, it's you know it's, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And that's so. what's been going on with yeah. it. So. Um, interesting though, when you look at so far this year, uh, what the charter and private schools have done um, as far as the state titles that they have won: Class A and two A girls volleyball. They've won both of those. Class A, 2A, girls tennis, they've won both of those. Class A, 2A, boys cross country, they've won both of those. And Class A and 4A, girls cross country, they've won both of those. As well as swimming, Class 3A, both boys and girls, they end up winning both of those. And they won the 4A boys volleyball, which was a sanctioned event this year as well. So, um, you know, they, you can see the domination here so far of where it's been. And it's been this way. i, I got to go back to when uh, Ben Lippin first yeah. came into the league, as a matter of fact. Uh, I remember a lot of the soccer players were upset because Emerald went, what, three years in a row? Mm. And they got bumped out by Ben Lippin three years in a row in that regard back in the early 2000s. So uh, this has been well over 20 years in the making. There's been a bunch of those teams. What was the one that was the green team? always played basketball and would win the basketball tournaments against the big teams and they didn't want to be what they wanted to be yeah. so i can't think of the name of the team now <laughs> but yeah this is a long time coming and i think this this fairness aspect of it i hope it goes into play and like i said we're not just picking on one school there's gonna be some other schools affected by this also 
in upstate and lower country, so I can't wait to see what, what that does, but we are going to see it now. Well, just think of what it's going to do for 1A here yeah. in the Lakelands. Uh, Lake, our Lakelands 1. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with St. Joe's, Christ Church, and Southside Christian in that region, and just football only, yeah. by the way. They're not in that region uh, for all the other sports, but in football only, uh, they're possibly going to move up to 2A for yeah, sure. And right. I think Southside Christian is going to be perfectly happy with that because they've appealed uh, to not come down to 1A back when uh, their numbers went down. Yeah, I think they're fine with that. And, and you know what I imagine St. Joe's and – and the other one is too, or Christchurch is too, because you know Christchurch they used to play with Abbeville in the twos, and none of them want to go down. They didn't want to go down. <laughs> they want to play at their competition level, and they want to beat those teams. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about the playoffs as they get into round three this coming Friday night. Should be a lot of fun. We mentioned Christchurch; they're going to be at home. They get to host Blackville Hilda. Uh, this should be a fun matchup. Uh, Christchurch has had an easy road here so far. They won forty-three twenty-one over Macby. Uh, last Friday night, Blackville Hilda beat uh, Wagner Sally 28 nothing. Yeah. And then Southside Christian, they get St. Joe's. St. Joe's pulled off the upset of the week uh, when they went ahead and beat Louisville. And that was a 7 nothing ball game. My kind of game. I love those defensive battles to go along with it. And then Johnsonville, who uh, is another strong competitor, 35-14, they win over Lakeview, and they'll get uh, to go on the road to Lamar of all Ooh. places. So they get to go uh, way out there in Highway 9, off of Highway 9. <laughs> Should be a fun matchup for them. But uh, Lamar won 23-20 over Carver's Bay in a squeaker. You know, Johnsonville was a team last year we thought had a chance to win that that division and end up losing in the state championship game. But uh, they played in it, so they're back again. Yeah. And then uh, Big Bamberg, Earhart, uh, 41-13 winners last week over East Clarendon. So they get to go on the road. They'll take on a cross team that won 28-14 over Allendale-Fairfax. And this is a cross team that I want to say it was a surprising season, but it's a better-than-average season than what they're having. From what it started, mm-hmm. it's, it's, like, it's almost like that they had – Major injuries at the beginning of the season, they all came back at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, and that's a team you better be careful of because they have experience in the playoffs. So it should be fun there. And then uh, 2A, this is where it gets a lot of fun. We're going to get into the Abbeville matchup here in just a second. But Oceanside is going to be at home. They host Barnwell. Oceanside has shut out uh, both of their opponents so far in the playoffs. They beat uh, Lee Central 42 to nothing. Then they come back and beat Woodland uh, 49 to nothing. And they get Barnwell this time around. And this uh, this should be fun with Barnwell. Um you know, Barnwell had to be go up to Marion and end up beating uh, the Big M up there. They they got the manchild yeah. <laughs> up in that area. Yeah. And they they came away victorious, thirty one twenty five. But now they get to go on the road. They got to head over to Oceanside. And you know, as a team last year, I think I wasn't the only one surprised to see Abbott win that game last year. And so that would be the team that they beat. I mean, a lot of people from Oceanside were stunned they got beat. And I don't. I, I guarantee you Apple's still on that register. They're not taking off of it. That's the team they want to play, and so they're going to be tough. And I, like I said, if, if you're Apple, you hope that upset occurs right there. It, that's there. And then uh, Andrew Jackson, they get to go on the road. They were 51-20 winners over King Street. They get a tough Hampton County team that uh, beat Andrews 48-14 to last Friday night. This should be, you know, and Andrew Jackson has played some tough competition. They they, they've, they're up there with the, the uh, Camdens mm-hmm. in, in that area. Uh, as well, and this should be a fun matchup for them um, with Hampton County. Well, Hampton County is a team I have said all along. I said you better watch this team if you're Abbeville or Strom Thurmond or whoever you may be. You better watch Hampton County because I don't think they're going away. Um, just defensively, they're solid. You're kind of 
your kind of yeah. style of play. I like that. And then this is the fun matchup uh, here in the Upstate. we got two really good ones. Strom Thurman uh, gets to go on the road. They get to travel down to Columbia to that Lexington two-school district to take on Gray Collegiate. And this one, Gray Collegiate, 62-14 winners over Chelsea. And uh, Strom Thurman ended up beating that Keenan with that shade 50 defense, 53-20. to Yeah. So. That'll be a fun matchup between there. See, we'll we'll see just how good Great Collegiate's defense is. I mean, now they've had some forfeits, but they've got some tough teams that they replaced them with. We went up to what DC and Maryland, uh, went down to Florida, Florida, played a couple of teams down there. So they they are. I mean, they lost some of those games, but they're well tested. They are. But let, let me go ahead and hit them with something I don't like. I texted you last night about this. Um, they ha- and evidently. They have so many bills they had to pay that they have to charge for parking now. They have a little. They have a little place beside it that they're, they're going to rope up, and you're going to pay to park right there, or you can park all the way back up at the school, and it's about a. I think it said it's a quarter mile hike down the hill to that, and that's just a. Nobody else charges for it. I mean, Sacramento hit. Maybe that's why they hit them today, because they're like, look, you can't just charge everybody for everything. Plus, there's a ticket fee. On top of the ten dollars, you got the ten dollars tickets that's mandated by the a, high school. And there's league, a fee, so. and so I don't think that uh, the high school league mandated a fee, did they, or did they? They did not mandate the parking. So that no. would be part of the so great. That's, that's part of great. So that that's another bonehead move. And I mean, the more you do, the more you you make yourself look like to be the crook that people think you are. I said it, not you. I mean, <laughs> I just I'm, it's just something about that school, man. I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I'm just, you know, if you're in the press box, watch out. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. We'll leave it there. Um, and then, of course, the game where, that we're all excited about, Abbeville, the only team remaining in the Lakeland that's still in the playoffs. They were 41-28 winners over Newberry, a Newberry team that really challenged them and had a great running game in the process. But, you know, Silver Bluff's got a pretty good running game in there of their own. They squeaked by Fairfield Central. It in the, in the very last minutes, as a matter of fact, it counted on an interception by a defensive lineman, of all things, and uh, then a two-point conversion that went uh, and made it 22-21. I feel bad for Cam McMillan because he's going to be up there for Mr. High School of South Carolina, whatever you call it, Mr. Carolina, at the end of the year. He had a great year, and I think that was only his sixth interception, and it cost him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have loved to see that matchup more than I would what we're going to see now. But um, like I said – when Al Allen's was at Silver Bluff, that team had it rolling, or that coach had that team rolling, and it's like everybody comes in there and just takes somebody. You know, when you talk about Midland Battle later on, you got to talk about Travian Dunbar. He was a Silver Bluff guy. Mm-hmm. Think about what that team would be with him. So. Yeah. Should be a great game. Like I said, roll Panthers. Well, Panthers are 11-1 and overall, 5-0 and in Region 1. And then Silver Bluff, the Bulldogs, 9-3 and overall, 3-2 and in their region. And uh, – uh, you know, for them, offensively, the Bulldogs are averaging, what, 31 points uh, per game. Abbeville's averaging almost 40. Abbeville's also only giving <laughs> up 15, but Silver Bluff is also only giving up 13.7 as well. So uh, two fairly even teams when you look at, at the average of points per game that they're allowing and scoring against. However, the difference is going to come, I think, are the North All-Stars going to be able to beat the Shrine Bowl All-Stars? That's what you're looking at. Because Silver Bluff has uh, Jaden Fuller, who we know is a great offensive weapon. They've mm-hmm. got a great defensive weapon in Jordan Bird. Uh, both those guys are, are going to the Shrine Bowl. And then Jay Harris, can they stop number 70 at nose guard? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, and then they got a great linebacker in Bowie, who should be a lot of fun to watch uh, this coming Friday night. I, just, I, I can't wait to see what Mr. Leach is going to do. 
uh, offensively for Abbeville. And you also go back to the, the um, strength of schedule that they both played. you got to give it to Abbeville, in my opinion, because, I mean, they played west side. Well, they had that stretch with Powdersville, Southside, yeah. Christian, and Westside that, uh, you know, and, and, and Crescent gave them a pretty good game as well. It was 21-6 in that ball game. Um, and then they make the change on their bye week. You bring in Leach at quarterback, and all of a sudden you get blowouts at Liberty, you know, all the way down through. Uh, you challenged 96 for the, the uh, title game for the region title, end up winning that one in a shutout as well. So they've pitched two shutouts on the year. Um, you look at Silver Bluff, they've got three that they go with. Uh, well, excuse me, four shutouts that they pitched on the year. But really, their losses too, they lost to Saluda 14-15. Um, they lost to Strom Thurmond 7-32. to Those were their only losses in region play. But then they also got clobbered by Midland Valley, who they played tough. 21-7 was the final. I guess you shouldn't say they're clobbered, but they lost that game uh, as well. But um, I can say that both these teams have been tested somewhere along the line in their schedule. I'm fine with you saying that because, like I said, I think I'm going to use that as one of my reasonings behind the Forey game later on. But <laughs> um, we'll, we'll talk about that one in a little while. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you can't I mean, say anything bad about the team because they've done everything in the, in the uh, CSRA they've had to do. So it's really not their fault what schedule they play. So, and they played their schedule. There used to be the argument in Apple, we only can play the schedule we're given. Or yeah. we create. That's what I used to tell them, what you create. The question is, does Silver Bluff have the speed to keep up with Abbeville and – Defensively, can Abbeville stop that running game? Every time I've picked against Abbeville to stop a running back, I've lost. So (laughs) I I just think the key to that team is was the ungiven denominator being Leach and what he's come. He didn't start for this team at quarterback, Tom. He 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 got it what week two or three, and he has done a great job not to have been figured to play offense much at all. He's a defensive guy, and I mean he has filled that role to perfection. For Coach Nichols. And this is a tight game. Well, I think you're going to see Leach play in the secondary regardless. Oh, yeah. Um, you'll see him uh, at that safety spot and uh, more than likely maybe middle linebacker. And you you may see him a lot at it, especially if that game kind of gets a little bit out of hand. So um, it should be another great game to go to. Get to get out. You know Abby was going to shut down anyway. They're going to see them Panthers. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about the 3A matchups uh, that are going to be out there. You got Daniel at home. They get to host the Chester Cyclones. Um, Chester 58 24 winners over Chapman, a team that, uh, what, they lost to earlier in the season, yeah. the regular season, go along with that. So they get a big win over them. Um, Daniel had no problem with around 35 21, and that game wasn't nearly that close. And, you know, if, I, I believe, if I'm not wrong, Chester and Daniel played this year also. I mean, Chapman. And Daniel, and I think that was a pretty close game for Daniel. And for Chester to go in there and knock, you know, Chapman right out of it, that was a little bit of a surprise to both of us, I think. So, should be a great matchup. I mean, the Daniel are the lines you're going to play in their den, so be ready. <laughs> All right, I'm looking to see. I've got their schedule here. Daniel and uh, – no, Daniel and Ren didn't play in the regular season. No, I mean Chapman. Oh, Chapman. I think Chapman played him. I thought it was – I thought they played. Maybe it was somebody else they played. Maybe it would have been Catawba Ridge. They played. They played Chapman last week, but that was it. Okay, all right. Fairfield Central. Well, there's another good one you can yeah. throw in there. That's what. Maybe that's what I was thinking about. So they had that one, yeah. <laughs> but Daniel's solid every year. I mean, they just they don't just regroup; they reload. They got really good players up there in them hills, and <laughs> and they got great coaches in them hills. One of our own from down here. Yep. 
And then you got uh, Belton Honeyapath, 44-28 winners over Pendleton last week. Get the Clinton Red Devils who beat Broom <laughs> 38-7. Everybody was surprised by that because we thought that that matchup with Broom was going to be a lot lot closer. Dare we say that that's probably 3A game of the week? I'd say that, yeah, I would. I'd, I'd say that was almost the game of the week in the state. I mean, I, I would almost claim it as our Lakeland's 3A game anyway. But like I said, I, and, and Clinton, that game's at it's, – it's there, right? It's at it's at BHP. BHP, and I mean Clinton travels, so I mean that's not going to be anything new to the Red Devils. So I mean that place is going to be electric. You know what's funny is uh, they've all played the same four opponents <laughs> in Emerald, Lawrence, Palmetto, and Woodruff, and they've all been blowouts. Mm. Each and every one of them. Belton Honeypath though is averaging fifty-two points, whereas Clinton right now is averaging about forty-one. Um, as far as uh, who has a better defense, Clinton does right now, giving up 17, where Belton Honeypath is giving up 18 per game. The thing with Belton Honeypath, as a lot of Emerald folks can tell you, is they've got three really, really good running backs. Three-headed monster is what they call it. But, yeah, I mean, you're, you're plus nine in offense, and you're only one minus in defense. So I, it's going to come down to – and that's what Clinton's got to do. But the one thing about Clinton that you got to realize is think about the coaches that have left the area. I mean, Corey Felton's lost a good many players. And to, to lose them and then you still continue to defensively be one of the better teams in 3A is solid. I mean, you got to give the nod to BHP in the game, but I, I just look for Clemson. Maybe. I mean, Clemson. Well, who has the better running back, Omari Jackson for BHP or uh, Caden Crawford for I, Red Devils? I, they're both so good, Tom. <laughs> the thing I would worry about if I was Clinton, that there is that three-headed monster, not just the one guy. I mean, you got you got to figure he's going to get his. Cropper's going to get his, so you got to figure a way to either shut the quarterback down or find a way to shut the other two running backs down, and that's easier said than done. So. The thing is, with, with yeah, with BHP, you know what you're getting. You're going to get the pound and ground, and then they're going to put that little scat back in there, and, and that's where he'll beat you when you're thinking you're going to have to crash the line, and all of a sudden he breaks to the outside. Whereas with Clinton, there's a, their scheme works in what they're running offensively. Yeah, I mean so, – it's going to come down to – if it comes down to coaching issue, it's going to be a really good game, Tom, between two of the better coaches and three at Upper State. You know, the one thing is they did have two losses in the year. The loss to Chapman in that squeaker, um, 21-22. And then there was this – it seemed like a, a boneheaded week where they lost to, to Aiken that was down there. Now that Aiken is a 4A squad, but, you know, they – Clinton had a lot of injuries, uh, a lot of things coming out of that Chapman game. But since then, and since they've got into region play, they've been able to get healthy again. That was the that's the one game that, uh, and Aiken didn't win a game this year. They won the one game. Yeah, South Aiken. I mean, yeah. So I mean, mm, that's one that I, you know, Coach Fountain's going to say, "Oh man, that's going to be on my record <laughs> that, that we lost that game." And I mean, you know, it's you know, Smith is a really good quarterback, but still, they, they should even been close in that game. So we've got that uh, Camden at Gilbert. Ooh, nah, this, that could be a really good game. This would be the Indians taking on the Bulldogs. It's going to be at Camden um, in this one. So we'll end up seeing what happens. So that, I mean, 3A is – you can't go to the 3A game, you're not going to be disappointed because you also have Brooklyn Casey taking on uh, Crestwood out of Sumter. And so. that was the upset I wasn't looking for either. They beat Buford. Yeah, they beat our Eagles uh, and Coach Bryman. <laughs> 30 to the, well, excuse me, 44 to nothing in that regard. So, uh, you know, they lost, Buford lost a lot to graduation last year. This is, oh. Everybody knew this was going to be a rebuilding year for him. Yeah, Coach Labran, you know, he did a really good job, and, I mean, they're doing great. So, I mean, they'll be back. And, I mean, you know, I'm interested to see, though, Tom, because, like I said, now there's two more charter schools 
that have been built in the last two or three years to see if they stay where they are at three or do they go back to four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to be on that bubble. So that'll be interesting during the the later times, as we call a realignment. <laughs> so. All right, taking a look at the 4A playoffs for Friday night. You got Irmo taking on Saint, or excuse me, not Saint, but James Island. James Island, uh, at the beginning of the year, they were the team to beat. I mean, they were just blowing everybody out. They've uh, suffered a couple of losses in, in region play, but here they are. They've beaten Hartsville. Um, they've gone and beaten Wilson as well. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Wilson lost their coach right after this game. Uh, that game as well. So, And they've been doing it by big numbers. They're averaging right now about 48 points uh, per game in the playoffs. So, I mean, they're rolling. They're only giving up about uh, 10. Here's the key. I don't even need to know what Irma is averaging because I'm only going to think about the one game they ran the scoreboard in Colorado County, but, and that was 85. So I can figure that they're probably going to be pretty close to that again. The thing that you don't think about with either one of these is the defenses that they both have. Both are averaging about six points. That's what I'm saying. Both of them are just That's they're all they're solid. Up. Where's that game at? Is just it at? A, oh, good question. I think um, it's at. I think it's at. I think it's in Charleston. Uh, or is it a neutral? Uh, it may be at a neutral site. Oh, wrong one. Um, this is at James Island. I won't be very far from there. <laughs> now, now think about it. I won't be very far at all. You may go check this one out. See if the, oh, the yellow jackets are for real. I gotta get to a. Thanksgiving play first, but I'll uh, we'll because that's gonna be a really good football game. It'll be fun to watch. Um, and when you look at uh, the offenses, both of them, James Island's about forty-two, whereas Irmo's averaging fifty-three. And see, so if you take if you take the eighty-five out that you had in the one game against Colton County, yeah, that's not really. <laughs> I mean, you still may be averaging like. 35 to 40, or I just don't think you're near 50 if you take that one game out. Well, they scored in the 60s twice. They beat Westwood 63 nothing. They beat Richland Northeast 63 to 8. Well, the I mean, thing is, see, that's what the coach says. I'm not stopping my offense. you got to stop us. Yeah. So, Coach, I'm going to tell you, being a, being a Greenwood Eagle like I've been all my life, I hope James Island stops you and shuts it down because, like I said, they were our rival when I was in school. And so I, I'm definitely going to pull for James Island in this game. Well, they were they were Sumter's rival back in the eighties. And I think you know when it, the first time I started hearing about it when we were down there in Charleston, you know, beginning of the year, they were talking about how good this team could really be. And Greenwood was one of the teams they kept their eyes on toward you know getting maybe to have to get there to play a game. And I'm like, ooh, that's a long ways. So we don't have to worry about that. But I just, and as Stan would say, that's going to be a good ways for Irma. Mm-hmm. So it could be a good drive for him. Um, another game in the low state uh, is going to be South Florence. They're going to get to host uh, Lancaster in this one. South Florence, um, just big wins left and right. 42 nothing. they end up beating South Florence. Uh, then they beat Richland Northeast 50-20. to Lancaster has had tight games uh, so far, 26-14. Uh, they end up winning over um, Ridgeview. And then they beat Lucy Beckham, which was a surprise, by the way, 38-20. to Yeah, that team played really well this year. I mean – that, that team's still loaded, and that coach—I um, can't think of his name. I didn't think I'd ever forget it, but I mean, that coach—he's a young guy, but you can tell he knows. How. Now, see, that would be one I would ask Coach Liner about right there, the head coach at South Florence, because I think he called plays for anybody in the world in the in, college, in high school too. Man, he got—I mean, his style is crazy, and I like what the quarterback said, which is a Sellers, by the way, the Sellers. He says, "Well, I'm going to Carolina as a receiver, but I think I can beat my brother out." <laughs> 
<laughs> so we might see a quarterback battle in a couple of years in, at the university. Do you really think that they'd let him challenge his brother at quarterback? Well, I mean. If he's going as a wide Here's receiver. the thing. Why not? Why not? What have you got to lose? Because Lenore's hadn't played a whole lot because of one guy that we got there named mm-hmm. Rattler. And, I mean, had he been given the tools to get out there and actually play, I think he can play the rest of the year. I think to keep his register, he can still play the rest of the year. Sellers, that is. I'd like to see him play a little bit more, but like I said, we can't get out of our way to get a big enough lead to where he can get in and play the game. <laughs> Rattler's got to get his first, and so who knows. All right. Um, then here in the upstate, got a couple of good ones. Midland Valley is going to be the host uh, of the Westside Rams in this one. And uh, you and I, uh, we've seen Westside up close and personal <laughs> in many, you know, over the, what, the last four years, yeah. practically. Um, uh, Abbeville has seen them up close and personally. Um, Midland Valley, uh, they struggled against the number four in Region in region 1-4A, and that was the uh, easily green wave. I mean, they only won 28-21. Um, and then they struggled against South Point, 24-17. to so I'm sitting here, and I'm, yeah, their defense is getting it done. Their offense and that running game uh, has got some positive things happening. But I just don't think they can outscore Westside, who right now uh, on the course of the season, when I look at it, is averaging 48. Like I said, this is a game. They've, they, people have learned how to shut down Trayvon Dunbar. I mean, he's still, he's still well over 1,000 yards. That's a given. Um, and they have another guy, I think his last name is Priester maybe, or Preston, that's another running back that he gets the other carries when he doesn't. So um, I just think it comes down to the fact that, I mean, we've seen Carter Woods for four years because he was an east, east side person and he goes to yeah. So he was one of the transfer disciple buddies that we've been following. And I just think, Tom, he knows how to – I'm trying to think of the words. I don't want to say cut the defense because that would be a pun, but he knows how to – it doesn't matter what defense you put on him. Like Greenwood, we used mass defenses against him in first quarter, and I mean, in first half and second half, and he found a way to cut through each one of our defenses. And that surprised me that he was able to throw that easily. And if you do blitz him by chance, he will run. He's not afraid of getting hit either. He is fat. No, he's not. Look, he doesn't play <laughs> baseball because like he don't yeah. slide. <laughs> he does not. Um, yeah, when you look at it. And he's got both of his wide receivers back. As we mentioned, uh, Josh Williams didn't play against Greenwood. But uh, Jamar uh, Boston, who yeah. just wrecked havoc on us left and right, uh, uh, he did get – well, I'm not going to get into it. He did get away with an illegal shove, we thought. But <laughs> for the most part. But all in all. All in all. It just, our region against their region. It, I'm going to take our region every time. I, I will, too, in a heartbeat. Speaking of our region, uh, got to go back to uh, the top of the uh, order here, and that is Greenville goes on the road. They're going to take on the team we took on last week in the Northwestern uh, Trojans up there in District 3 Stadium to go along with that. Hopefully we didn't leave any traces of any dropsies or anything in that nature for uh, uh, the Red Raiders. Uh, hopefully they can, they can make it a closer game. Well, the thing was, and I go back to how fast, you know, we talked about the seconds in our game with them. You can also say the same thing about the first half in our game with Greenville. Same type deal happened. Yep. It was like, what, one and a half quarters, and they were up huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they just went on the cruise on to a win. But they, they're not going to be able to do this against Northwestern. I, I, I don't care. It's going to – Northwestern, to me, is going to be your top – probably see throughout these playoffs until they get beat. I just don't know who's going to beat them. I really – I don't think Porter and them can beat Coach Walford. Well, they're going to have to put up at least 50 points, I think, in order to beat them. And right now they're only averaging about 36. 
defensively, though, Greenville has had a stout defense this year. It's played well, but they haven't gone against the Finley Polk either. <laughs> I mean, the games that they have won, I mean, our region, you had Jay Stoker, we had Tristan Lewis for us, and you had um, Berea. I can't think of the quarterback at Berea. Sorry, guy. But um, like I said, they haven't they haven't played a team like Stokes. this. Stokes. Was that? No, Stokes. No, Stoker was from Easley. So I don't know Berea at all. I don't remember him. And they, they played Cutter Woods, but I mean, so that would be a like. But I just think Finley Polk and that defense is just too solid. It's solid, man. And Turbo, we slowed him down, but he still managed to get two touchdowns and one big run out of it, out of the process. So, uh, if you had to choose, who would you go with? Well, I'm going pick. I mean, excuse me, I'm going with Northwestern, man. Like <laughs> yeah, I said, I don't, that defensive front. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to pick against. I don't know I'll pick against Northwestern through the playoffs. It may come down to South Florence, and I'm probably going to still take Northwestern just because of that defense. Yeah, South Florence, Irmo. James Island, Northwestern are all the favorites right now. Yeah, I mean, James Island is is the real deal. You got to give Irmo credit because the offense can they can put the offense up. But like I said, a coach that does that, man, people remember that time. They remember what you did to Colleton County, and they don't like it. Yeah. Most most coaches are going to say you wouldn't. You, I would almost bet you you would never dare see Chris Liner run the school up like that on somebody, even if he could. It's called class. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I don't know who the coach is, Irmo, but he, he says you can't stop my offense. And yeah, your job is to stop it. My job is. I'm to I'm not score. letting off the gas. Is what he says. Yeah. All right, down in the uh, Low Country 5A, Carolina Forest is going to be the host team. They get Somerville uh, coming in. This should be a fun one. Carolina Forest defensively did a great job against West Ashley, 28 to 21. But Somerville has pretty much rolled through the playoffs here so far. Last week they beat Berkeley 34 to 14, and the week before they took care and sh- um, with River Bluff 28-3 in that regard. Not the big numbers that we expected like they were in the beginning of the season, but still solid numbers. Yeah, I think now this team started with a backup quarterback because his, his partner in crime at Somerville got arrested. And a running back got arrested, both for guns in the schools. And they were expelled from the school, both of those, a running back and a quarterback. So that coach is a new coach. He's done well having to, you know, with those two obstacles thrown at him right away. That He's done well. Who is – y'all – you and Stan keep talking about Caroline Forrest. Who's the coach y'all know down there? He was the coach at Sandy Creek, the head coach. Oh, Brett Garvin. Yeah. Okay. I keep, I keep forgetting <laughs> he went down there. But uh, all I'd say to Brett is, I mean, I was – Fairly impressed when we played uh, Sandy Creek first time we played those guys. And, I mean, you, that was a game you missed. But we actually played with them for a half. And, I mean, this Somerville team's rolling. I mean, they're rolling. And I just – I don't know that he's got the offense to, to put up the numbers that Somerville's going to score. I look for Somerville to put 50 up. We'll see if that happens. Uh, White Knoll is the team that Ooh. has surprised everybody this year uh, as they came through. They beat Fort Dorchester, who lost their coach at this past weekend as well. 50-7 to they beat Fort Dorchester, and the week before they shut out with Canes Bay, 28 to nothing. But they, got, uh, to ho- they get to host my Sumter Gamecocks this coming Friday night. And Sumter uh, took care of Stratford, 27-6. They've been the Road Warriors uh, pretty much. They beat Ashley Ridge, 56-13. to They've got a good defense. However, Sumter, if you can get them, get them rattled um, and take away their running game, uh, make them one-dimensional. They really struggle. I this that's a game to watch. I know you're going to be watching it because I mean that's your school. But I mean that's the game. I think they can win the game. I really do. Well, we'll see if uh, how White Knoll does. If it does, it sets up a matchup with uh, probably Somerville and maybe White Knoll in that process. So another good matchup that. that I'd like to see because I mean White Knoll was. I mean those guys are big. Have you watched them play? Mm-hmm. 
I watched a little bit of the huddle stuff that they had on there. They've got they got three linemen, a center and two guards, a guard and a tackle that they've got to be well over three fifteen. <laughs> These are big boys. <laughs> All right, uh, into the upstate we go. You've got uh, J.L. Mann, who over the last three years has gotten better and better, and this year uh, they make it to the third round of the playoffs as uh, they took care of Spartanburg last week, 17-7. to They get to host the Hillcrest Rams, uh, 2014 or 2024 winners over Burns in what was a very emotional game. Uh, that was kind of a rematch uh, of earlier in the year. Um, and this one, uh, you know, could be another one of those games. You've got a good uh, high-flying Hillcrest team that uh, has a wide receiver that, well, we'll put him high, wide receiver slash running back, right? I say uh, slot back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, really good players across the board. I mean, that it's, it, we didn't expect it, that's for sure. I mean, you remember how long you do that we played JL, man? Four years? Has it been? It's been, th- well, at least, uh, no, it was two years ago we oh, played okay. them. Yeah, it was uh, right before we ended up going uh, back or being in, in Region 1, from Region 2 to Region 1. And they've got a new coach or same guy that was Same guy that's okay. been, well, they got a new coach since we've played them. Okay, that's so what I was asking. Because, yeah. I mean, that team that they were, they just weren't, they didn't lay down, but it just like they never had what it took to get up there to play with the bigger team. So I'm glad to see you're doing better. Yeah, I just don't know if they've got enough to start uh, Avery McFadden. Um, <laughs> you know, he was one of the, the Shrine Bowl uh, yeah. Mr. Football candidates as well. So um, he, He's more than likely going to be. He may be that guy because his numbers the last month or two have been incredible, insane, as a matter of fact. He's been moving the change guy, I think, the last two weeks. Yeah. The thing is, they got one. Well, they got three common opponents, but the one that you look at is T.L. Hanna. And both of these teams uh, played T.L. Hanna within a field goal. You look at Hillcrest; they lost 33-36, and uh, J.L. Mann lost 35-36 <laughs> in that regard. So, uh, this should be a fun one. It should be. We'll follow along. Both deserve to be there because, like I said, I didn't think that they would beat Burns. So, all right, uh, and then uh, since Dutch Fork got their quarterback uh, returned, uh, what? About Mid-season of the, in order to qualify fourth, <laughs> when you look at it, no, they ended up second um, uh, in their region, uh, right behind White Knoll. But uh, they get to host uh, Gaffney and the Indians uh, going to be coming to town. And this, 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 this is war, is what this is. Put the war paint on. Uh, it, it, they're going to battle. Two, two of the, two of the last three years they played for the state. Those two teams are. I know they played one year for state. And that was when Dutch Fork one night, the one Gaffney let it get away. Of course, this year you got Riley State who's with his four team in four years at quarterback for Gaffney. And I mean, so, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe that a quarterback made that much of a difference or a change, but it does. And they have, they have come back and played really well. And uh, like I said, you can never fault what Knox, what Coach Knox does, but, or not, excuse me, does at Dutch Fork, but uh, we never have been fans of them, but. Uh, this could be the game because, like I said, you got Coach Jones and Coach Not Knots. I want to say Knox, like Trey Knox, but Knots. <laughs> yeah, it, it's and both of them are eerie similar. They you, are. You got to really throw these records out because when when Gaffney's quarterback went down in week two, uh, they just were not the same team. They mm. don't have that depth that's in there. But when he's in there, they are really, really good. He, so I, I'm, look, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not a really good football player. I just don't like how some of these people just go around and pick what they want and then 
and pull on to their team because they lose the quarterback. I don't like that. I'm just – and maybe, like I said, all the stuff we've talked about today with the high school leagues <laughs> going to come into play with that too later on down the road. Yeah, it won't affect the 5A group. It, no, it won't. <laughs> Whatsoever. So, there you have a rundown of all the games. Uh, the Abbeville game should be fun uh, if you're going to head on out that way. Seven thirty, ten dollars $10 as they get ready. Uh, to take on the Silver Bluff Bulldogs. We hope that you go out there and join those guys. Yes, sir. Hey, I also want to say congratulations. Um, uh, Zoe Montgomery w- went ahead, and she signed on the dotted line today, Chris. And she's staying. Like, I got the Greenwood show on today. When I saw that, I was like, I was excited. Um, and she's staying here. He, to stay at Lander, I mean, because you know she had offers probably from a good many places, and to stay home and, and you know, probably be a, be a motivating factor for her dad over there at Greenwood softball, you know, during the year as well. But that's a big get for Lander. That's a big get as a player for Lander. It's going to be fun to go and watch her play over there as well. Well, and, I, you know, you sit back and you think about it, I would imagine the complex had a lot to do with it. Oh, Dolny. You know, possibly just the – Well, she's she, – I mean, she grew she, up there. Yeah, she she knows that, that stadium, <laughs> that field very, very well. So, I, I would just like to see some of the other schools that offer it. I mean, that's just a big win for Lander softball. Huge. All right, we're in Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood on a Wednesday afternoon uh, here a day early, uh, mainly because Dan is at the beach. Chris is getting ready to head that way. And um, I decided, well, guys, we got to go in. I won't get my twice-baked potato <laughs> and the ribeye steak sandwich on Thursday. So, what's the special on Wednesday? You got me. I don't really. Right. Uh, Clyde, we walked in and he had oysters on the table for the ladies. So maybe, oh, it's, maybe something like that. Something in that. <laughs> I know. I, I, I used to. It used to be some kind of like a, as I would call it, a potluck, but I can't remember. All right. You can get it for the road, though. We'll find it. They got a special every single week. Caroline's binding the bar today yeah. uh, as well. Um, as B-Red's got the day off, he'll be back tomorrow uh, to join everybody else. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the college aspects. Uh, first and foremost, Chris's Chaos is coming up here in just a second, so you're going to want to make sure to join us for that as Chris is going to go I ahead improve and, and see where his record goes uh, as he picks uh, the team that's going to end up uh, shocking the world. Um, and this would be the weekend. We'll get into it. <laughs> I just can't do it. All right. Well, let's start with the Clemson Tigers says they're going to be at home. They get another shot at a top 25 team. Um, and this time, it's coming at a time when uh, Clemson seems to be getting their act together. They seem to be the Clemson of old, uh, according to Coach Brown uh, and Mac. Uh, and, you know, he should know. But number 24, UNC, is coming to town up there in Tigertown. Um, Tigers right now six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, this is a 3-30 game, I believe. Uh, yes, it is. It's going to be happening. It It'll be on uh, ESPN to uh, go along with that. Um, and, been, you know, they, they beat – Number 15, Notre Dame. They come in and they take care of business against Georgia Tech. Heels are coming off just nearly getting by um, in double overtime, a Duke team that is their arch rival. So you can kind of imagine that. And a, a Duke team that's got kind of a banged-up quarterback as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a game, you know, normally year in, year year out, that's a really good game. and it goes. But it's like North Carolina, for some reason, the injuries have finally caught up to them. I mean, but I did see, I think I did see where uh, Des Walker is going to play. I told Stan, oh, I didn't think he was going to play, but they've got him listed on the actives when I looked at it yesterday. So that might be a game time decision. If he plays, it's huge. But even on the year time, he, I mean, 35 catches, 600 yards, he didn't play until what, week four? Week four or five, yeah. yeah. So, he, you know, like I said, he's like 600 yards, and Bo Collins is right behind him in yards. But I mean, Bo's played the whole year for the most part. But this is a game that you got. You got Drake May, and you got to give him what it is. 3,145 yards, 21 touchdowns, only six picks. And Clubnick, everybody wants to talk so bad about Clubnick. I mean, he's, he's at over 
he's at 2261. So he's less than, he's about 800 yards behind him. And uh, 18 touchdowns, seven picks. But the things that have hurt Clemson aren't his interceptions, it's the fumbles. When he's trying to make the extra yard, extra plays, he's had two or three fumbles that's really cost you a couple games. So then you shut that down. I still think it's got to be Phil Moffa. I, I like the fact that Shipley can play, but I think Moffa is the guy that's going to give you the power yards because uh, he's going against a guy named Marion Hampton who has 1,236 yards on the year for North Carolina. Uh, nobody saw that one coming. I mean, 206 carries, almost 1,300 yards. He's got 13 touchdowns. And like I said, Clemson hadn't found the guy at running back yet. I think between the two of them, they don't have what he's got in the season so far. So Clemson's defense has got to be just somehow really – not really stop Drake May because we know what talent he is. He can run the ball too if he gets, you know, blitz. Hampton's going to be the guy you got to stop. And if you can stop him, I think Clemson has a shot in this game. Well, if you look at the numbers, number three in total D or total offense is North Carolina yes. right now in the nation. Clemson has the number six total defense. Something's got to give there. Mm -hmm. When you look at it, and particularly with Clemson, Clemson's flying high after what they did in four interceptions and a couple of picks that were their pick sixes to go along with it. Also, uh, you got to look at, at Clemson's 3.5 yards per carry that they're allowing going up against Amari Hampton. Can Amari Hampton get through that, that rushing defense that's there? And, you know, if, if Clemson's defense has a chance to pin their ears back in that passing game, look out. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and then the other number I wanted to look at was Clemson's number seven passing defense against the number three passer in the nation yeah. to go along with it. That's going to be huge. And I think that's going to be the key. I mean, I, I, look, here, I'm going to give you an underdog in this game. And you're going to agree. I think you'll agree. I think defensively your, your player of the game can be Jeremiah Trotter. If he has plays like he's been playing lights out football, I look for this game to really – I don't want, here's what I don't want to jinx you with because I, I haven't made my mind up on the game yet because I don't want it to come down to a field goal. <laughs> and that's where I was going. I think if you win the game, you're going to win it defensively. I really do. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, I know, I know Works wants to get him a kick to win something to show everybody, hey, I'm still here. All right. Well, uh, Sweeney had his press conference on Tuesday, kind of letting the. Uh, Tiger fans know exactly what he was thinking, what's going on. Here's how he started his press conference by congratulating the ACC champs in soccer, the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, well, I was just about to say we had the other footballers in here today, I hear, and uh, got, got noon sitting in the back. But, man, how about our soccer teams? Uh, freaking awesome. I mean, just just awesome. Uh, coach, We awesome. We got this, we got this coach's uh, 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 group text, and uh, it's always fun, you know, to – see all the emojis and all the stuff that's going on when, you know, you have a great moment like that and basketball off to a great start with a big, big, uh, big uh, win up there in Asheville. Uh, it was really cool. Don Munson had a, and Beret had a, uh, where's Bray? Oh, you're, you're awake. Okay. And uh, boy, boys had a big, a big few days uh, back and back and forth, but Man, uh, women and men's basketball off to a good start, and our soccer teams. I mean, just it's fun. It's fun to watch, and uh, I think we got maybe one of the best lacrosse signing classes in the history of lacrosse uh, going on right now. So, uh, a lot of a lot of good things going on. A lot of a lot of fun this time of year because it's kind of you got you got fall sports, spring sports, everything's kind of happening all together. But uh, we're pulling for uh, we're pulling for our women's soccer team to keep it rolling, and for noons and the boys to 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 go get another one here. So it's going to be fun. Uh, but uh, great, great opportunity again this week. 
um, you know, uh, November is here, and, and uh, we're off to a good start and got an opportunity to have a great finish. Uh, <clears throat> it's a heck of a football team coming in. It uh, doesn't get easier. You know, this is another elite quarterback. Uh, and, I mean, this guy's going to play – you know, this guy's going to play football for a long time. If good Lord keeps him healthy, he's going to play a long time. And so it's one of those cool opportunities to, to play against one one of the best. Uh, he's, a, he's a great one and, and makes everybody – they got a lot of good players, uh, but he's one of them guys that, you know, he makes the coaches better, he makes the fans better, he makes the popcorn taste better. Everything's better uh, when you got a dude like that, you know, under center. So great, great player and a, and a great matchup. They've had a heck of a year. They're coming off a big win. We're coming off a big win. Uh, so, no, both teams will want the same thing. So, we've got to have a great week of preparation. Off to a good start last night. Um, but, uh, you know, I uh, love Mac Brown. He's Y'all know that. He's a, he's a great friend and, and uh, you know, someone that I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for. And, um, you know, always tough to, to compete against uh, his teams. Uh, they're always well coached. And, um, again, it starts with their offense. I mean, they're, average, they're third in the country. So, last week, I think that bunch was 14th in the country. And and this, this, here we go. They're third in the country, about 500-something yards a game. And <clears throat> um, just do a great job with, with uh, you know, their, all, their, all their schemes. They run a lot of, lot of zone, a lot of swap zone stuff and, and million RPOs and play action game. And, again, you got a quarterback that, it's just he's just back there having fun you know he's got some toys to play with I think this is probably uh, as good a back as we've seen uh, he's elite I mean leads the league in rushing uh, I think he's second in the nation I mean he's elite uh, tied in that's a great player they got them receivers out there um, you know obviously number nine is a guy that everybody talks about and they as they should but and them other guys are good too. I mean, they got they got some guys that with a lot of experience that have made a lot of plays. They've spread the ball out. It's pretty it's pretty well distributed all across the board. Uh, the running backs very involved in the run game. A lot of screens. Um, so it's just a well coordinated deal. Very balanced. And uh, they've only turned it over eight times uh, all year long. So they've done a good job taking care of the the football and and uh, got an experienced group up front. But you know, tempo and and. Um, you know, trying to, you know, trying to manage the tempo and trying to affect this quarterback obviously is, is, you know, the biggest challenge because uh, they do a great job. And then over on the defensive side, uh, saw some of these guys last year. So I think, I think they're they're big up front. Uh, they've got some guys that are that are that are twitchy, especially that number eight in there. He's great, big physical dude, great hands. I think all their backers have got a lot of experience. Uh, you know, those guys have played a lot of football and. And, you know, now it's game 11. Uh, so, you know, they, a lot of these guys were new in the secondary as, as relates to last year when we saw them. But they've all got a ton of snaps, a ton of experience. Uh, so. so there you have uh, Coach Dabo Sweeney, his thoughts uh, in that press conference last night. He also went on to say um, he's not going to compare notes with uh, Coach Beamer. <laughs> he said, he said uh, you know, he's not going to let Beamer come into Clemson and hang out. Uh, Beamer's not going to let him go into Columbia and hang out kind of a thing. Um, he illustrated the Pepsi and Coke or the Nike and Adidas. They don't get together and compare notes on shoes or, anything, or taste of Coke or anything of that nature. So, uh, 
Um, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. The good news is we got Tyler Venables coming back. He was the scout player of the week this past week. Um, he could be coming back, adding a little more depth at that middle linebacker spot. I totally agree. This, this is a game. I mean, here's what you look at, Tom. Here's what, one reason that, that I'm, I'm really leaning toward this as a chaotic game is I look at their schedule, who they played. I mean, it, we actually played with this team. And we shouldn't have. They should have beaten the brakes slap off Carolina first of the year. They didn't. Second game, you remember who that was, don't you? We remember talking about this at Touchdown Club. They had to come back to beat App State in two overtimes. So, we'll go back to App State, who's kind of fallen off by the Sun Belt. Um, they beat Minnesota fairly well. Long story short, they lost, their last two losses, or they lost two games in the middle after the Miami win, was a Virginia game that gave Virginia their first win. Second one's Georgia Tech. Both of those teams play very similar styles to Clemson, but on both schemes of the game. And uh, it's just kind of – it's, it's silly to me that that's a seven-point game. If North Carolina is this powerhouse at 20th, that should be probably at least a 13-point game, even at the Valley, to me. So, you know what I'm thinking to do, right? Got to hit my money line. <laughs> What, what are they saying it's 45, in It's 45-55, so it's right at oh. it together. So it's split, basically. So, like I said, that's that's a game I'll, I'll definitely look at down the road. But this is a game you can win, and this is a big game for Clemson. Um, I know Dabble's name's popped up in two jobs in the SEC, and we're not talking about Alabama. Um, we're talking about Mississippi State and Texas A&M. I would be stunned at either job who's take either job. Yeah, he's already said I'm concentrated on what's going on here. And that's there. important. I agree with that. Now, here's one thing I'll say to Dabo since he was out there. If you were looking at all them soccer players just winning that thing, there's a kicker in there, buddy. Go on and grab them for next year. Go on and grab them. Put them on scholarship for next year. Get two of them. Yeah, go ahead and grab one. Grab them. They're there. Hey, we got a pretty good one here in Greenwood. We so, do? You know, I'm just you saying know, Joseph Piontek is, is lights out. I, I think he likes Gamecocks or does he like Clemson? Does he like Clemson or Carolina? I don't know. I, I'll text him later on. <laughs> and like I said, if, if you really enjoy doing like what you and I do, I know some coaches like to get out there on huddle and look at players. You know, I go max preps. I look at huddle because I want to see the top guys in the country that play high school football. And I know that Piontek and Noel Perry are both on max preps. So uh, if you like doing stuff like that in your off time, there's not a game on, go check them out on max preps. And it's called huddle, H U D. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, South Carolina, the Gamecocks. Uh, they get their arch nemesis in the Wildcats <laughs> of Kentucky. And I say that because it's always this game late in the season that defines their season for some reason or another. Remember last year it was this game that they ended up winning up in Kentucky. And uh, then they went on to beat uh, Tennessee, South Carolina, and then a big game against Notre Dame as well. So You seven. call it, man. I mean, <laughs> this, is, yes. this is the team that has hurt us. <laughs> Three or four years in a row. But 7.30 game time, another night game at uh, Willie B. It'll be on the SEC Network uh, to go along with it. Uh, I can give you the announcers if you want those, too. I pray, no, you give me the wrong <laughs> announcer, I'm not watching it. <laughs> so. Let's see what happens. But, uh, yeah, this one should be fun. Kentucky 6-4, and 3-4 and four in the SEC. Um, South Carolina does lead the all-time series 19-14-1. So it's been a fairly even matchup, but, but it's been in runs um, when you look at the overall wins and losses. This is a game, Stan likes matchups. We'll go just call it out what it is. Have you been impressed with Devin O'Leary at Kentucky since he left mm-hmm. NC State? Mm-hmm. I mean, his numbers, he's right over 2,000 yards, where Rattler's right at 29. Um, but like I said, we're making sure he's going to get three to 350 a game. That's what the mindset of Gamecock football is right now. He's got to get his numbers. 
Where you, where you will be impressed is he has, O'Lear has 19 touchdowns and eight picks. Rattler 17 and seven. So when it comes down to that, you look at receivers. But what you got to look at really is running back. It's Ray Davis. He's got right at 1,000. He'll probably have over 1,000 against us. He only needs <laughs> 70 yards, 71 yards. And we just have not continued to give the ball to Mario Anderson. And I think that's going to hurt us probably in this game. Um, the, the, the advantage for us, though, is the X-Man. He's been the advantage all year, and we finally realized that what he can do, he's got 59 catches. He's over 1,000, Tom. Yeah, and, and Kentucky struggled against Alabama in the passing game. Yeah, so. Damon Key, is, I mean, you know, he's got four touchdowns on 33 catches. This is a game that – and you got to remember, there's a Stoops playing on at receiver on that Kentucky team too. There's also another receiver, Stoops, playing on Oklahoma's. But I think this is going to come down to defense. And what really worries me is stopping Ray Davis. I, I think, and, you know, he's already – and it, let's just say – like I, like I said, he's going over his styles, and that's going to get a quarterback over two. And if this receiver could, you know, get some big game, he's going to get close to something too. But I think this is a game we got to win. I don't think there's any ifs, ands, and buts about it. We lose this game, we go to four and seven, and it's a, it's done. I mean, there's nothing else really. To, I'm not going to say taint the season, but this is one we got to win this game because they're six and four, which four and six. I mean, it's a winnable game. It's a home game. I understand Willie. They'll all be there pulling us through. I just, I don't know. I, I well, Kentucky's coming in here kind of on a sour note. Um, they had losses against Georgia. They yeah. turn around, they lose against Alabama. They're looking for, for a W somewhere along this line. South Carolina, um, I, you got to think that they felt lucky to get by the Gamecocks at Jacksonville State last week. Oh, definitely. I so. mean, you know, so, but I mean, this is like I said. This is if, if there's chaotic wins, this would be the one for the Gamecocks. And I got to look at that one now. I wasn't really thinking about picking them, but that would be the upset I need. Spread's where it needs to be. So, all in all, man, I don't know. You look, you like to look at your defenses and stuff like that. I mean, our defense is <laughs> our defense is giving up what 300 yards a game. So you figure that their offense is only scoring 206. That'd be an advantage for us, but now they they may end up with three hundred some yards in the game, and I don't know. I want to hold on to it. I mean, <laughs> this one's going to take me up till till we do hit that button uh-huh. and we we'll do it like that. But I I just I want to pick the Gamecocks. I mean, we've got to have it. So it's got to be a game. I really think that we've got to get. And I mean, but the thing is, they're six and four. Well, I'm wrong with spread. This is not one of the games I can take because it's only a point and a half game. So. Like I said, it's, it's, it, we need it, though. This won't mean anything going to Clemson. If, I mean, with Clemson coming if we don't win this one. Yep. Uh, other than a revenge factor, can South Carolina do it two years And that would be more on, on y'all's revenge side because you want it more <laughs> than we do probably by now. We'll see what happens. Uh, PC got their last regular season game of the year coming up uh, this Saturday, 1 o'clock. They get to take on Moorhead State, who ended up beating Old Dominion last week in a barn burner. Old Dominion, I remember, was the favorite to win this um, all season long. Now it looks like Moorhead State is going to be the one that ends up winning this conference. But this game is going to be in Clinton. This is going to be a tough uphill battle for these guys uh, coming in here. And, and the the only one factor that you got to kind of look at is that Bryce Patterson um, ended up taking over for the, the uh, uh, starter and yeah. Carter Carvers yeah. for uh, Moorhead State. When you look at his numbers, though, he threw for six touchdowns in his first career start against the Eagles last week. So, uh, it's, it's, it's a, you know, one of those multi-head dragons, I guess you could say, as far as their depth goes. But this will be an uphill battle for the for the Blue Hose. Yeah, they got a kid. The receivers where they, they do have an advantage is that 
the I think his name's Ryan Up, maybe because he mm-hmm. he's got nine touchdowns on only eight hundred twenty-five yards for the year. He's got nine touchdowns that have come like in the last four weeks, so he's really come on strong. This game comes down to Tyler Wesley, Tom Tyler Wesley only. It's a home game for him. He's got seventeen hundred fifteen yards. He's got 11 touchdowns, five picks, but he's also the leading rusher on that team with 475 yards. Um, the leading rusher for uh, Moorhead State is uh, Julius Lewis, who's only got 250 yards rushing on the year. So they've got an injury there, too, that he's filled in, and he's, he's their leading rusher on paper. So, And like I said, that's 13 touchdowns for Wesley, both running the ball and throwing the ball. So if they win this game, it's going to go to him. And I think they will. I think they win at home. Um, and then that leads us to the final game of the season for the Paladins. Uh, they get to take on uh, uh, Wofford, and this one will be at Gibbs Stadium in Wofford. Um, you know, the short drive down 85 in order to get to this one, and uh, they shouldn't have any problem. Wofford has struggled big time this year. You know, I go back to the first game because I did watch it. Paulie Seeley has come on pretty good to fifth, by the way. He's got almost 1,000 yards. He's got 910 yards, Tom. But he's only got three touchdowns and six picks. Mm. Four of those were against the University of Pittsburgh up there when they played the ACC team up there. Now, you want to talk about chaotic game because I know you looked at me real funny when, I, when we were talking about this. Nine and one, one and nine, rivals at their house. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just don't think it's going to happen. But I will say this. Let's give them props on their basketball team last night. Oh, yeah. Went to Tennessee and played them pretty well. Uh, Had a chance to not maybe win the game right off, but maybe take it overtime. The guy missed the three at the buzzer. But that that Tennessee basketball team is going to be really good this year. So, I mean, like I said, last game of the year, both teams, Walker's got nothing to really lose other than that. And I know their coach, Clay Hendricks, is not letting that happen. But, you know, I love the coach at Walford, though. Sean, what's his name? I mean, he's done a really good job to keep his team playing after they start so slow. But their schedule's been tough, too. This is, a, this is only his second year. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, and that's what – it's only going to get better. And like I said, he re, he's going to recruit right there with Hendricks at Greenville and Spartanburg. They're going to be right there together, so. <laughs> All right, so that brings us uh, – I'm still scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go a little bit outside of it. I mean – I thought Carolina was one of the ones I was going to take, but that's not even a possibility for me. But I am going to go ahead and pull the trigger. Clemson had let me down, but a couple times. I mean, they won me a game last week against Tech, which I thought he could win. I really think they can win this, but I think defense wins it this week for the Tigers. So I am going to go ahead and pull the Tigers at home, uh, even with the point spread they're giving. The second one I'm going to go with, you're going to kind of, kind of look at me kind of funny, but Miami started pretty hot. And then all of a sudden, they've just, ever since that bonehead call, they have just totally fell off the map. They need to win this game because if Louisville, if North Carolina loses and Louisville wins, Louisville wins the the t- is now the top team in the ACC going into the last game of the year. And it looks like they in Florida State will match up. So it would be my man, Jarhor Jordan at running back. But like I said, this is a nine and one and again a six and four team. I think Louisville wins the game, but I'm gonna give you the upset right here, and you're gonna laugh. I think there's a lot of People out there talking about Duke and Mike Elko, and I mean, they're going to take on a two and eight Virginia team. They're at Grayson Loftus at quarterback now. Leonard has not come back. Loftus has played really good, but something's happened in Virginia with your, with your coordinator from Clemson, and I think they they pulled the trigger this week, and I think they beat Duke at home. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Tony one. Elliott over uh, yeah. the Dukies. I am, I, and not because I don't think Elko's a great coach. Elko's a really great coach, 
And then we're going to go five. I'm going to five. No, I don't. We have to go four. I, I thought about <laughs> this one. You know, Penn State played so bad last week. They played right good. And I was thinking about, well, let's pull it. How well did Chad Nuga play against Furman? Mm-hmm. Now, they're a Tuscaloosa this week. Don't get excited. It's a top 20 team. It is. I mean, don't get excited <laughs> because, I mean, that's Alabama. I um, mean, I was looking for Sunbelt games, but I think I found one. You know a kid named Tulia Tagbialola? Yeah, up there. I've called him twice to, to pull the upsets <laughs> for me at Maryland. They're getting J.J. McCarthy this week at home. They're 6-4. and four. They're 24 underdogs to Michigan. Sooner or later, all this going on up there is going to affect this football team. Maryland's defense is pretty good. Is it good enough to stop Blake Corum? Maybe not. But I think they can stop McCarthy. And I, I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger. I'm going to take Maryland. So, I mean, I I, I, I let off the gas a little bit this week. I took a game, a couple games I really think I can win. That was the one I wanted to throw in there because that's, that's the chaos I'm looking for when a number three team goes down to uh, somebody with a 6-4 and four record. Those are the games I want to pick, but they cost me last week. <laughs> so, and I didn't have, you know, I didn't. i tell you another game to look out for, though. Utah is going, is it, they're at Arizona. Both teams are ranked. I love Noah Fippita, but I don't think Arizona can win at home this week against Utah. I think Utah probably wins that game. I wanted to take Wake over Notre Dame. Not going to happen. But the one I was talking about earlier, that I've been against Georgia all year, and I know Greg's going to be like, oh, man, you got to take that. No. I'm not going against Georgia again until maybe Georgia Tech. Because I think that's another team that can give Georgia trouble. I think Tennessee, I think I'm not, Milton's just not the quarterback there. And uh, I'm just keep scrolling down through there. But I think that I don't think Minnesota can beat um, Minnesota can beat Ohio State. I don't think Arizona State can beat Oregon. Uh, North Alabama is not going to beat Florida State. Um, Kansas State, Kansas played this week. Mm-hmm. Both are ranked. So I'd probably go as, as well as Kansas played. I mean, I, I like that kind of stuff. But Florida's Missouri. I'd, Missouri's Missouri. Um, but I'll give you one more. I'm going to give you another. I'm going to go ahead and take this game. I'm going to take DJ Uwe over Washington at home. Washington's unbeaten. Wow. Uh, that's probably the bigger of the upsets. There are a bunch of them, though, man. Like Georgia State LSU. That'll be fun just to watch. Yep. To see Carroll running the ball and Granger throwing the ball. And LSU hasn't played to their potential. I mean, there are a lot of big games. You know, last year was the upset central when you had. When you play Sunbelt, you usually lose. So, I mean, that, that's just some of the other ones. I mean, who does Coach play this week? Since Sam's going to watch. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I can look it up. It's one that I did not. Because uh, I want to think it's. Who did they play last week? Is it App State? I think they got Army this week. Oh, they do. That's right. They're on the road. I got yep. it right here. I got it right there. They are. Yeah, they time game. And I just put on our page that they were leaving Conway <laughs> to go to Army. So, anyway. But, yeah, I, I think that's. But they're getting, you know, that black swarm defense that they got. You figure Army's going to run the ball. They don't. Throw the ball a whole lot. So, I mean, my coach was probably going to – let's hope they win that game and bring it back home. And Sam continues to do what Sam's been doing and rack up them completion, can say our completions and, and touchdowns. All right, so that's Chris's chaos for this week uh, as they get four underway. Games. We'll, we'll <laughs> see what those four games end up being. Should be a lot of fun uh, over the course of the week. Of course, we'll keep in touch, I'm sure, <laughs> as to what games oh, I'll are be good and what games are not. Yeah. Um, as we'll follow along with all that. Uh, wow, we are at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. It has been uh, a lot of fun. We uh, appreciate you guys all tuning in and listening here along the way. Uh, we're going to be uh, back on our normal schedule on Monday here at Howard's on Main. Make sure to come out and join us. Uh, Stan, the coach, will be back in action. He'll be back here as well after uh, all of his uh, uh, traveling duties. He's uh, cleaned out uh, relative's house and his 
moved all that furniture down to the coast. So you had to mind a little bit with it, Carol. <laughs> like I said, and we got an interview coming, Mister Luke. We owe you an interview. We're gonna give it to you maybe Monday. We got that coming uh, as well. We'll start talking basketball on Monday. That'll be the fun thing as well uh, here and around the Lakeland's got a lot of a lot of basketball is going to get underway. Kind of in the well, NBA's already started. College has started. Uh, high school is going started after the Thanksgiving weekend. So. Um, we're we're going to follow along, keep with us uh, as well. We appreciate it. Check out our Facebook page for everything else that's going on. Yeah, we're going to keep it loaded this weekend. <laughs> All right, uh, that'll do it from Howard's on Main. He's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys. Mm-hmm.